Hey, Reframables, it's Nat. And Beck, two very different sisters who come together each week to reframe some of life's big and small problems. We see the world differently, but we both lean into vulnerability together and with our guests, because we like deep dives. So come with us, let's reframe something. Today, we are reframing the holiday list. We're seeing lots of lists out there right now, most of them about getting people the perfect gift for Christmas and other winter holiday celebrations. And some of them are pretty solid, like a help even. We do bi-weekly lists for our Patreon subscribers, what we like to call life hacks and enhancers. And as our holiday gift to you, we thought it would be fun to share a reframable enhancer list with everyone. A lifting of the curtain, if you will. (laughs) A behind-the-scenes look at what our Patreon friends get on the regular. And because we'll be going on a wee break for the next four weeks to finish up some exciting projects that we've been working on and a chance to have a break, this is your chance to hang out with us in the meantime via Patreon. So we'll still be putting out life hacks and enhancer lists every other week. And for the cost of a coffee a month, why not... You could support us, and we would really appreciate it. So here it is, a Reframables Life Hacks and Enhancers list for the holidays. Okay, Beck, my first life hack, but I'm actually going to call it a life enhancer. And this one blew up, so to speak, on TikTok. (laughs) And by blow up, I mean, I think I've got like 70 likes on this thing, which for our account, which is, you know, a little bit small, was actually pretty hefty, was a banana free green smoothie. And you may be wondering why and what does this have anything to do with you know, holiday lists. But it's because I really think that we spend a lot of time around this season, whatever it is we're celebrating, often eating and drinking in not the most healthy way. And so it's nice to have like the odd little moment of cleanse throughout the season. And I have figured out that it's not just the TikTokers who don't love bananas, but that we are all a little bit fatigued of that much banana in all things drink, specifically green drinks. So if you were going to make a green smoothie out of, say, a little bit of lemon, an apple and some spinach, then I would suggest instead of adding a banana that you would add a tablespoon of hemp seeds. And if you put those in to your blender, you will end up coming out the other side with essentially the same texture of a banana smoothie without the extra sweetness of banana, without the specific taste of banana, but all the creaminess that you could ever want. So there, biggie. I like it. Just question, are people sick of bananas? Yeah, that's like a thing, it seems. Otherwise, there's no way I would have gotten that many hits on that video. (laughs) And I called it banana free. And it's like everybody went, whoa, and then came running for it. So that seemed to be a term that people were looking for. Because that's how people use TikTok now, right? They search it like they would search YouTube. So people were searching banana free green smoothie. Wow. So it's a thing. I know. Okay, I'm going to make 10 of them. (laughs) Over the holidays, is that too big a commitment? No, I really don't think so. I think you could probably get one in you a day and you'd be really good. Because Clifford and I right now have treated ourselves to 
for the month of December, we're having like an evening tipple of Harvey's Bristol cream. We're like old people. We're loving it. It's the best. But like that's a lot of sugar right before bed. So I don't need the extra sugar in my day. So why not substitute it with a banana free green smoothie? It's not boring, people. No. This is not a boring tip. Not at all. That's like a useful tip. That's like the kind of tip you wish was showing up on all of your holiday lists. Nice. Thanks, Nat. Okay, so I just have to go out and get the hemp seeds. Yeah, which, I mean, they're everywhere. Manitoba, hemp harvest, all those different ones. They're easy to find. Even at, like, winners sometimes, right? Totally, and bulk barn. So you don't have to spend the extra cost for the organic ones, but they're available everywhere. Nice. Woohoo! We turned off the screen for one another, but right now I'm raising my hands for you, Nat. <laughs> I'm so pleased. <laughs> Okay, what's next? Okay, my next one is less tangible, a little bit more philosophical. In the spirit of our last podcast episode with the author, Marianne Apostolides, who really just presented to us a lot of philosophical ponderings. That's where her book went. And so I've just been kind of like in my philosophical brain for the past week or so thinking through with her, some of the stuff that she talked about. And as a part of our list this week, I thought maybe I could bring forward a life enhancer thanks to Derrida. So Jacques Derrida was one of the philosophers that Marianne mentioned. And so anyone who has not sort of done any of that reading, this might be like a little, you know, I'm going to use that word again, tipple, like a little sip (laughs) of Derridian philosophy that might get you interested. But I think that it could be used as a life enhancer for our list. So I was reading this morning in an interview with another thinker named Caputo, and Derrida said to him, when I speak to you, I am telling you that I promise to tell you something, to tell you the truth. Every speech act is fundamentally a promise. So I'm going to read those lines again. When I speak to you, Derrida says, I'm telling you that I promise to tell you something to tell you the truth. Every speech act is fundamentally a promise. And I was really struck by this. And so maybe you're like, well, okay, cool. But how is that a life enhancer? But I really think measuring the weight of our words is like a truly worthwhile calculation to be making and determining what we say and how we say it you know, so as to uplift not just others, but ourselves, right? Like in this season where things can feel a little bit heavy in terms of like the weight of time spent with loved ones, of trying to make everything perfect, there can be a lot of negative self-talk that goes around. And how to interrupt those thoughts is certainly on my mind. But it's not just that, the reframing of the act of speech, of like storytelling, of sharing a conversation with the other, how Derrida or Levinas would sort of describe the person that you're in contact with, someone who is beyond yourself as the other, that that is a promise or a gift even. Like to me, that just feels like such a life enhancer that my conversation with you on here on the Repairables podcast or whether we're walking down Dundas, I mean that that is me gifting you my time, my words, and it's a gift to myself. So there's just something really thought prompty in that, that I think I believe is a life enhancer, just inherently unto itself. The idea that our speech is a promise and a gift. 
And I loved it. Like as soon as I read that, I was like, that is something that is not making it onto the average holiday list, but maybe needs to be. That's a nice way to think about it. Cause even coming to some of these family gatherings, perhaps that sometimes do feel weighty, as you say, and without any other expectation, except just that this moment of conversation could be a gift to one another. Mm-hmm. Like as simple as that. As simple as that. And that as you open your mouth, the words that are about to emerge, or if somebody's not a speaking person, right? I mean, imagine if somebody's using sign language to communicate that the words that are formed through their fingers, I mean, just the act of now starting to move the hand of moving the mouth is a promise that I am going to tell you something that it's now like an engaged act of relationship. To me, all of a sudden, it just really adds like a level of beauty, I don't know, enormity to just the idea of relation. I think that's sort of just gift unto itself. And I love it. I like that a lot. And that's challenging to me. I see that as a helpful challenge because sometimes in my more negative spaces, I will think there's nothing to be gleaned from anybody. (laughs) Like that's really, but like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get anything from this conversation or I'm not, you know, who's going to inspire me or like kind of like you owe me something (laughs) and you're not going to give it. I'm not going to be satisfied. That's one way to look at relationship. And this is a very different way, which I think is fundamentally more hopeful and just a better way to live. Actually, it's so funny. I really like it because the other day, because I do have sort of a propensity to be a bit negative sometimes. And I was just like, you know, I could just be different. I could say I'm a joyful, happy person. Yeah. Although I think sometimes people think I am that way, but actually I have to struggle against my own self, but I could just make these choices. So I could just make choices to view conversation this way. Do you think it's just a choice? Yeah, that's so interesting, Beck. I mean, because you are a bringer of so much joy into so many conversations. So I do believe that the choice, I think it's about how you let that joy in for yourself. So yeah, I do think choice must be a part of it. I think that that is the philosopher's dilemma. And certainly someone like Derrida, who was, you know, a deconstructivist of language, right? The idea of taking language apart to kind of make new meaning of it. We do that with not just words, but with conversations with time spent. (laughs) So I mean, like with art making, so the deconstructionist kind of component of you, I see how that is something you're butting up against an easy hope. But I don't think that this idea, this promise, this life enhancer is easy hope. Like I think it's just about cognition, like it's recognizing the potential for this moment is there. So yeah, I think it's a choice. And a good one. Thanks, Nat. I brought something much simpler to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me. What's your life hack? For our holiday list. (laughs) Okay. A frother. (laughs) That sounds really wonderful. (laughs) A handheld effing frother (laughs) that you guys got for us from the Pretty Clean Shop in the Junction, which is a great store promoting all things green, environmentally friendly. And 
a frother is just such a simple way to make your life happy. <laughs> if you have a child in your life, they can froth the drink. You can froth apple cider. You can froth hot chocolate. What else can you froth, Nat? Well, yeah, those are the main things. But lattes, right? Like oat milk for a latte all of a sudden gets so fluffy and throw a little cinnamon on there and you just charged yourself like two bucks for a $7 drink. How can you not want to froth things? I know. Throw sprinkles on that hot chocolate after it's frothed. Yep. Anyway, it's just like such a simple little joy that you could have a frothing party. (laughs) Pass the frother? No, seriously, that could be really fun. You know what? Our families would get into that. We sat down at the dining room table. We have our drinks ready and everyone froths one after the other. And documented the frothing so that it was like images. (laughs) It's true, you know, actually, because I'm thinking of some of those kind of fancier cocktails where the egg white is frothed and put on top of a drink. Can you picture that on some of those sort of fancier ones? Yeah. They're very pretty. Anyways, you could use the frother for that. Right. Make myself my own... Fancy cocktail. Frothy cocktail. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so that's what I'm suggesting. I like it. So inexpensive, but just pure joy. Easy, bubbly joy. (laughs) And just a small kitchen item. Yep. Dum, dum. Reframables, a little housekeeping. Don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts if you like what we're doing here on Reframables. Your feedback really supports this reframing project of ours. Also, please sign up for our weekly newsletter, which comes with a free delicious recipe from Nat. Check us out over on Patreon too, where we do mini episodes, which we call Life Hacks and Enhancers, our five best things in a week. On Patreon, you can become a monthly donor for as little as two bucks a month, or you could even tip us on our new coffee account. Lastly, tell us what you like and what you want to hear more of. We love feedback and getting to know you, our listeners. All the links are in our show notes. Love, Reframables. Okay, the other thing was I was thinking, at first I was thinking about a piece of clothing because that's something I enjoy. But I wasn't sure. I mean, it is tricky to recommend clothing because you're always now going down the road of really expensive designer, something Canadian, let's say, and small scale production that's more people friendly, sustainable, all that. It does get really expensive. So it's not an easy recommendation. So then we switched all together and we went, you know, not clothing, but what about art? What is a way to support artists to find a small piece of art that you could enjoy and you reminded me of you called it TOF yeah the Toronto Outdoor Art Festival but really outdoor could also be online so the O could be substituted because it's both right and it happens in the summer so that's something we can all look forward to yep in July yep yep But you can go online and they have holiday lists curated right now. So we found one curated by Megan Yuri Young. And it's a really cool collection of jewelry, handmade, beautiful, really interesting jewelry, pieces of art, all kinds of art. It seems like great gift ideas. And just I love that it's supporting artists. 
Yeah, and local artists, right? I mean, like these are mostly Canadian artists. A lot of them are from Toronto and they all have their own websites, but this becomes a space where they've come together to get to sort of be like advertised as a en masse. And there's just something lovely about not having to go search every single individual person out, but that they're all there in this one website, which we've linked in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. You know, it was funny. I had a friend who actually, before I left teaching, she had nominated me for like an educator prize. And that's how I learned about TOEFL. I won the prize, which was really cool. And then I got to now have this little bit of money to spend on a piece of art out of like just everything that was available on there. And then I connected with the artist that I chose. There was just something so lovely and almost like community just in this experience because you weren't just shopping through the site and then the artists themselves disappeared. Like it actually then became like a connection point between you and the artist. So there was just something lovely in that. Remember when we used to, when we were younger, we'd go with mom to the big art festival one of a kind the one of a kind show and maybe it's kind of like calling up one of a kind vibes for me but with a slightly artier take yeah because that one's gotten quite commercial i think right yeah which is fine for what it is but this is something neat this feels like you're discovering people which is a neat thing to get to participate in when art can feel so inaccessible right but this actually makes it feel very accessible Yeah. And then I think there's really that challenge to when it's new artists, you really have to trust your own intuition. Like the AGO hasn't curated it. Right. Exactly. Because you're not just sort of buying something because the name is so recognizable. Yeah. I mean, it is lovely when something is curated, just like a good list. But at the same time, you feel like direct contact with the artist. So I love that. Cool. Toph. But again, we've got the link for you. So then you don't have to do any of the work. See, we do all the work. Happy to do the work. (laughs) So I have one last philosophical life enhancer. Okay, so a little less intense than the Deridian one. But I really like and I think that people might find their holiday time enhanced if they allow themselves the freedom to play with tradition. So we know that in our family that we've got certain family members who get like super excited about doing the exact same thing we did last year because it feels familiar. It feels exciting. There's something lovely about that. And as much as I can go down that road with them, there's also this part of me that feels constrained when I have to do Christmas or New Year's only one way. And so I am just suggesting that one way to enhance one's holiday experience would be to just play a little bit with some of those traditions. And maybe we all were taught that we could do that in the midst of the pandemic. If there was anything that we could say that came out of the pandemic experience that was a healer, it might've been that we had to make new traditions for those years where we couldn't be together, right? So maybe there's something in that, but even just like the way that I never end up hanging the Christmas lights with Frankie and Clifford the same way every year. Every year it's like a whole new shtick. And that feels nice not to feel stuck like we have to do it one way and even for like the Christmas Eve meal that we tend to have at our house so yes I love that it's here but I don't feel like I need to do the same menu each year the people pleaser in me would feel like I should because I know that certain people aren't going to eat certain things but the rebel in me (laughs) is going to try and make something different each time because then that makes it fun for me to be in the kitchen because it's my kitchen and I enjoy cooking so why not play a little 
that's something that I really believe is like a send off kind of life enhancer that I think we could all be channeling is how to find ways to play in the midst of tradition so that we can find new joy in the midst of our holiday time. What do you think? I like it. And I'm hearing you say, this is like freedom for you. (laughs) The rebel is looking for mental freedom. Yeah, I think it is. Isn't that kind of in the spirit of, well, some aspect of this season. (laughs) I mean, like that we're supposed to be coming together in love as families and whatever our chosen family is or whoever it is that we'd like to spend time with, but life and love don't need to look one specific way. So if that plays out as a different dish in my kitchen, then there's my little act of Christmas rebellion. So take the risk to shed a tradition that's not working. Is that also what we're saying? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. Well, even when we stopped feeling the absolute need to do a turkey, right? Like turkey was a lot of fun, but it's also a ton of work and was hard on mom's whole body. (laughs) Yeah. Mental freedom. (laughs) Yeah. Mental freedom. My gosh. So yeah, there you go. So like letting go, let go of the bird, let go of the soup. (laughs) (laughs) Order pizza. Order pizza. Oh my goodness. I could totally see that being fun. So yeah, I think that there's something in that. And I gift that to you, dear Reframables, as my send off. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I have to think about what tradition or what aspect of tradition, because you don't want to hurt people. No. But by rejecting something, it's not about that for me anyway. You obviously want to hurt people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all about that. (laughs) I got my gloves on. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Ready to box. I'm boxing here. Shadow boxing with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to recap them. We have our banana free smoothie. We have our Derrida quote. Yes. Every speech act is fundamentally a promise. I love that. We have our frother. We have our TOEF art fair. And how would you summarize the last one? Feel free to play with tradition. Dum, 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 dum,